Hello, and welcome to the Youngin Kotisal podcast, where we are teachers helping teachers. My guest today is Gerd Linhard. Gerd is an avid futurist, but also a passionate humanist, a philosopher, and musician by training, as well as an early internet entrepreneur. He believes that technology can do amazing things and that we should embrace it, but he also thinks that we must urgently protect what makes us human. Gerd Leonhard is the keynote speaker at this year's International Korea TESOL Conference being held online February 19th to 28th. Gerd has been giving virtual and in-person keynotes worldwide for over 20 years in over 60 countries to a combined audience of over 2.5 million people. Gerd's custom-tailored presentation from his professionally designed studio in Switzerland promises to be a uniquely immersive experience and one that has our conference committee and everyone at Cotisol feeling very enthusiastic. The 28th International Korea TESOL Conference Committee is going to be working hard with Gerd to develop a presentation that will be one of the most memorable in Cotisol's history. Today, I am feeling very lucky indeed to have Gerd all to myself and to share the experience with all of you listening. Welcome, Gerd, to the Youngin Gyeonggi chapter of Korea TESOL podcast. I'd like to start by simply asking you what a futurist will bring to a language teacher's conference. Yes, well, I, I'm going to focus on many important issues for teachers, especially language teachers and English teachers, about what the future is bringing and what it is not bringing. And also I will try to uh, bust some of the myth around how technology is going to replace people. Uh, some of my, my key message is that technology is clearly going to... Uh, take away a lot of routine tasks and, and sort of commodity work from us uh, because it becomes smarter as, as we go on. Um, but more technology in the end means more need for human connections. Right? I always say that the HI, the human intelligence, uh, is really the, on top of the AI, the artificial intelligence. Right? Hmm. It is not being replaced by it except for the jobs that can be completely replaced, like if you call a call center, you want to change your flight, and that's all you're going to do, yeah, an AI can probably do that. Right? Right. Uh, if you want to drive an a, a autonomous vehicle and you want to check your emails while you're sitting in the traffic jam in Los Angeles, then the AI can do that. Right? But the AI cannot drive by itself with you sitting in the back having a, reading, a, reading a newspaper, uh, except for test situations at this point. And so really what it means, the end of routine is not the end of human work. Right? Oh, good. <laughs> I think teachers are, are concerned about uh, their, their work ending and that technology is going to put them out of a job. But you're, you're saying really it's the routine part of it that's at risk rather than the creativity or the, the ability to infer information. Yeah, I think really what's happening is that we have to also see how learning is changing you know, the idea of learning and, and information, you know, years ago when I went to school and university, it was all about downloading information and saving facts for later, mm -hmm. right? So we call it learning just in case. Uh, but now it's learning just in time. Now, now it's learning how to learn. You know, we've moved up the food chain from saying, okay, if you are learning Korean or Japanese or German, 
you store all this information and one day you pull it up when you need it. Right? And now it's completely different. Now we're saying, well, all the commodity stuff, like learning the top 100 words in German or something, that's something an app can easily teach you. But understanding and the feeling for the language and true understanding is not just based on data. Right? And true intelligence is not just based on logic. A computer has intelligence in the sense of logic. You know, it's binary. Right. And it can memorize Wikipedia. It can memorize every language. It can translate WhatsApp for you in, in a crude way, of course. But uh, human intelligence is, uh, is emotional, social, cultural, musical, kinesthetical. I mean, it's, it's much more than we can ever hope to get from a machine in the near future. So basically what's happening is that we have to let go of this idea that we're going to compete with machines uh, we're going to use machines to do the the grunt work, you know, the commodity work. Uh, like, for example, if you're going to make a lesson for your for your students, you can you can just speak to your computer and say, put together the top 100 words, make an animation, get some pictures, and play it for my students. Sure. And it will do it will do that. Right. So that that's an amazing tool, but it's it, this is not about. I mean, learning is much more about finding a way inside our minds. Right. right. Uh, and keep in mind that uh, human uh, human experiences, what humans are, is you know we're not machines. We are uh, we're engaging. We are we're looking for experiences. We're looking for relationships. That's how our brain and our, and our body is wired. Right. Uh, and I think the famous therapist uh, Daniel Kahneman, uh, uh, not therapist, uh, psychologist, um, once said that we we don't learn with the brain. You know, we don't think with the brain; we think with the body. Right. Mm, body language is a uh, uh, is such a huge part of communication. Is that no? It, it means that our, our the way that we communicate is embodied. Embodied. Now we're using all of our senses to figure out what the other person is saying. Uh, not we don't just use zeros and ones saying use this word or like you know uh, for example as, as I mentioned before you know if, if you um, I mentioned a lot of my keynotes. You have um, cat videos on YouTube. The computer needs 300 million videos to figure out if this is a cat or a monkey. Right? And a, a two-year-old child petting a cat once, only once, would know forever after in a very complex way what a cat is. Right. It would know if it's dead or alive or old or young, uh, and the computer wouldn't even know that after 300 trillion times. Uh, of figuring out if the cat is still alive or not, right? so so we are just much more than data. Yeah. yeah, you're giving a message of hope. That's that's a that is great to hear. Well, I think there's a message of hope. There's also a message of caution, which is to say that as computers are getting very good at routines, like for example, in the legal world, you can have the first machine doing what's called e-discovery. That's the work of a paralegal. You know, the paralegal used to go out and say, let me check the prior art, the prior cases on this thing that we're working on. And they would spend three weeks building the client $30,000 for prior art and discovery. And now you have a computer that's scoring public documents and scouring through everything and figuring out what's what, right? Um, they may miss things, but of course, a lot of that routine is going to machines, right? And that's true pretty much across the board. A doctor can scan your skin with a with an AI device and 
uh, the machine would know if it's possibly melanoma or not. In fact, you can use apps now for this at home. Mm -hmm. right? So uh, that doesn't machine the doctor is superfluous. It just means that the doctor has a better tool. Right, right. <laughs> so, and I think that's true. So if you're a bad teacher in the sense of you only do commodity work, it's like a bad writer, you know, or, or, or let's say a commodity writer who translates refrigerator manuals, mm -hmm. then you will find yourself sooner or later out of that job. Right. right. And that's my word of caution, you know, move up the food chain while you can create more value, use technology in a positive way, make yourself indispensable. Right. Sounds like because, relationships you know, the, would be an important part of that. Yeah, it's you know the law of digital Darwinism, right? It's quite simple. If you can be dispensed, you will be. <laughs> right. and, and that is so true. For I look at journalists, right? Uh, but you know the funny part about journalists is that we thought we could dispense of them because we have social media. Mm -hmm. uh, it turns out completely wrong, right? Because social media is a machine. Right. right, and it's basically used to manipulate us, not to not to provide information. <laughs> so it turns out to have good media, we need people, right? people with great? machines. Right? Yes. <laughs> so uh, the ultimate law here really is that it's um, humanity on top of technology. That's our future. So, for example, analyzing the progress of students using technology, or using animation. Uh, visual animation technology can provide that, right? Right. Uh, but given that the human brain is all about engagement, experiences, relationships, and that it's very like plastic and not narrow like a machine, but it's very broad, right? For the next 30 years, I, uh, I think this is important to realize that we have roughly 30 years until machines can possibly match this kind of capability using technology uh, it's called the singularity, uh, the, the event of the singularity. Um, but until then, we have quite a bit of time uh, to figure out how we're going to position ourselves to remain valuable and not to become useless humans, as Yuval Harari says. <laughs> Good to hear that we have some breathing room. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> that message. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's important to realize it's, it's, it's mostly good news, but we are being impacted by what media says about how great machines are. Indeed you know? we are, yes. Yeah. And, and, yes and, and we're like, okay, these machines are like, like magic wands. Or, you know, sure, we are going to have a machine that can translate a WhatsApp messages uh, in real life in 30 languages. That's coming. So you can say, I can't make it for dinner in Japanese. You can do that on WhatsApp very soon, right? But what's, there's no damage uh, on that, right? It's like it's, like it's going to be at least 30 years until a United Nations speech is going to be translated by a machine. Yeah. That, that is because complexity is infinitely higher. And the most important thing about speeches is usually what is not being said than rather what's being said, right? It's called tacit, tacit knowledge, right? Right. And, and so I, as a teacher, I think if you can develop a capability of providing tacit knowledge in between the lines, right? yeah, then that's the path to go. Our, our, our hope there, yeah. Well, well, thank you very much, uh, Gerd, for, for giving me your time, your precious time, and uh, really looking forward to seeing you at the uh, Cotisol Conference in February. 
Yes, it'll be my great pleasure, and uh, I will sort of lay out the next five to ten years, and also I will comment on on how the current COVID crisis is impacting our future uh, in in good ways and in, and in not so good ways. But anyway, my bottom line of the message is in the end, you know, the future is better than we think. Um, that's because we tend to pay attention to the things that aren't so good much more than anything else. Uh, I mean, just look at what we have, the messages that we're receiving from Hollywood and the likes of Netflix and others about what the future, the future is always bad when you listen to media. That's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's why people are scared, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I think, of course, a little bit of scared is okay. But in the end, I think, you know, realizing all the possibilities of technology I think can be quite liberating if we govern it correctly. If that little bit of caution, this. yeah. Yeah, we need to caution and also we need wisdom to say, okay, maybe we can use this as a tool, but it sh should not overtake human purpose just because it's more efficient. You know? We should never put efficiency over humanity. Right, right. Um, if If I can take one minute. Yeah. In your introduction, you, you it's mentioned that you are a musician, and so I'm wondering if uh, you still have a guitar there somewhere in your studio. Yes, absolutely, it's right here. I mean, I'm I'm uh, I don't have enough time to produce things anymore, but I, I still play. Oh, and that's good. Still, it's still very important to me, and and it's always taught me that music is something that is inherently human, mm -hmm. uh, like language, uh, like speaking. You know, it's yes, we can synthesize music, and uh, a robot, an AI, can make music, right? Um, that is possible, but it is utterly meaningless. <laughs> yeah. I think David Byrne, the famous musician, once said uh, that uh, a, a, a computer can, can play music, can create music, uh, but it can never create great music. <laughs> oh, interesting, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so that's, I think that's the bottom line. Well, I hope uh, one day you have time to make some great music once again. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate thank you so much, Gerd. All right. See you down the road. We will. Bye-bye. Bye. I've been talking to futurist Gerd Leonhard, keynote speaker at this year's Cotisol International Conference. I recently added Gerd's latest book to my Kindle, Technology versus Humanity, the Coming Clash Between Man and Machine. In it, he writes, The new reality is that the future is actually very unlikely to be an extension of the present. Rather, it is certain to be utterly different because the framework and the underlying logic have changed. He's talking about the impact of technology on the future, of how we live and work. I know that some English language educators will give his words a hearty hear, hear in agreement, but a significant proportion will feel the polar opposite. And by polar, I mean they'll be frozen with fear because basically they'll be thinking, well, there goes my job. I better start packing. But Gerd makes it clear that we have the knowledge and still have the time to focus and hone the skills that differentiate us from machines and technology. The thing is, we need to let go of the dull and repetitive tasks. I think that at least part of Gerd's message will be that we need not fear technology or being replaced by machines, but we do need to adapt and integrate technology intelligently into our teaching practices. And if you want to learn more, 
about how technology will affect you and your future, you only need to reserve your place at this year's online Cotisol International Conference. Did I mention that it's February 19th to 28th? That's like nine days. So much good stuff and all available from the comfort of your favorite chair. For more information, just go to koreatessel, that's one word, dot org, and click on conferences on the right sidebar. Until next time, this is Greg Lewis at the Youngin Gyeonggi Kotisal podcast. Thank you for listening.